were and shall be again. <laughs> Stats of the book. We want what is yours. Life. <laughs> Dead by dawn. Dead by dawn. Dead by dawn. Dead by dawn. They're under the goddamn ground. Tell them about the Twinkie. What about the Twinkie? They have 500 years of democracy and peace. And what did that produce? The cuckoo clock. Two dollars multipass. 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 You know this multipass. Your stupid minds. Stupid. Stupid. I don't know whether I even want to go out with Jeff again. The High Court may well sentence you to torture. Can you play the piano? I can. And sing at the same time. Well, hello there. Welcome to Celluloid Days, a podcast of film and film history. This is episode 76. I'm your host, Jeffrey Kelly, an old man from the Midwest. You know, the idea of this podcast is to force me to watch films I wouldn't normally watch, and for that I depend on you, the listener. So next time you see a film that causes you to scratch your head and go through a moment of confusion, hey, keep me in mind. I'll have information on how you can reach me at the end of today's show. But for today, I'm not going to do that. No one suggested a film, so instead I'm going to talk about a film that I love to watch, and that's Sam Raimi's 1987 film, The Evil Dead 2, starring hey. Bruce Campbell. What do you say we have some champagne, huh, baby? Huh? <laughs> sure. <laughs> After all, I'm a man and you're a woman. <laughs> last time I checked. <laughs> okay. Now, some people have a problem with Evil Dead 2, and that's because it doesn't really gel with the first Evil Dead, the original. In the original, Ash goes to the cabin with four friends. In the recap of the first film in Evil Dead 2, it's just Ash with his girlfriend, Linda. At the end of Evil Dead, Ash burns the Book of the Dead. But in the sequel, the book is still there. There's a reason for that, and I'll get to it in just a minute. I would guess that most people know the story behind the original film, but I'll give you a quick overview. Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, had been childhood friends in Royal Oak, Michigan, and with the help of other friends, would make Super 8 movies, usually Three Stooges-inspired shorts, or Three Stooges rip-offs. Sam said on the incredibly strange film show... Bruce Campbell starred in every Super 8 movie we made because, very simply, he was the good-looking one and still is. So we said, hmm, the girls like you. We'll put you in front of the camera. The girls don't like us, so we'll stay behind the camera. And only when Bruce was unavailable would we put ourselves in front of the camera. Eventually, they decided to make a feature and thought it was a good idea to make a horror film. You see, at the time, there were still a lot of drive-ins and drive-ins often showed double features with low-budget horror films, so it seemed like a good idea. And back in those days, a lot of up-and-coming filmmakers did shoot horror films as a way to get into the movies. Now, it's one thing to say you're going to make a feature, but it's another thing to actually do it. It was a lot more expensive back in the early 80s to make a film than it is now. The cost of film stock alone will eat your entire budget... Robert Taubert, Bruce Campbell, and Sam Raimi all dropped out of high school, bought business suits and matching briefcases, and started to pretend that they were businessmen. They all took jobs as waiters and cab drivers and such to raise seed money 
And they did something very smart. They hired attorneys to put together a legal offering that spelled out to investors just what percentages of the film they own for the amount of money they invested. They made it all nice and legal. But how to get investors? Well, they had a plan. They shot a 30-minute short on Super 8 called Within the Woods, which was basically a short version of what they hoped the Evil Dead would become. And they began to show it to anyone with money to try to convince potential investors that these young men had the ability to make a film. Now, they invented a filming technique for Within the Woods, one that they used for The Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, that was very remarkable. They called it the shaky cam. It was a camera mounted on a long board with two people carrying it, one on each end. The camera would be in the middle, sort of a pivot point. In this way, they could have the camera float right above the ground with a much smoother action than if they just carried the camera. It gave a very unusual POV shot of the creature racing through the woods. were able to con their way into the homes of dentists, real estate people, and anybody with money. It was a tough sell, convincing people to give them money without the guarantee they'd ever get it back. I mean, what are the odds of these young kids making a successful film? Yet they were able to raise about $90,000 and they set off to make a film. They found a remote cabin in Morristown, Tennessee and began shooting. They found a remote cabin in Morristown, Tennessee, and they were off. Sam said, I felt great pressure, and it was not artistic pressure. It was all financial pressure, because there were no expectations on me as a kid. It was all a question of, I have $90,000 of these people's money who I promised I would make a good movie out of. This has got to be good. The film's story was of five teenagers isolated in a cabin in the woods. There's a thunderstorm, a mysterious reel-to-reel tape recorder with strange words, and a book, a Sumerian version of the Egyptian Book of the Dead known as the Necronomicon. And in the end, spoiler, only Ash, a.k.a. Bruce Campbell, survives. The title of this film, Book of the Dead. After all the distributors in the U.S. turned them down, Raimi met Irvin Shapiro, an American producer, film importer, and film distributor, who thought the film had potential. But he didn't like the title. So after a brainstorming session... They picked the title that they thought wasn't as bad as all the others, and that was The Evil Dead. Shapiro, who was the founder of the Keynes Film Festival, had the film shown at the 1982 Fest in a non-competitive category. One person who was in the audience that night was horror novelist Stephen King, and he loved it, and he gave it a great review. Anyway, to make a long story short... They got a European distributor, and it did very well in Europe. So eventually, American distributors took notice, and New Line Cinema picked it up, and it became a hit. The investors were paid almost three and a half times what they invested. Sam Raimi was now a hot new director, and Hollywood took notice. 
There had already been talk of a sequel. Shapiro even took out an advertisement in trade magazines to promote the project. What they called Evil Dead 2, Evil Dead and the Army of Darkness. It was to be a story of Ash being sucked through a time portal to the Middle Ages. You might recognize that as the third Evil Dead film. But every studio passed, and from what I read, Sam and company really wanted to do something different anyway. So they signed a deal with Embassy Films to make a comedy called Crime Wave. I haven't seen you here before. I like that woman. You're cute. Love is everywhere. And everyone seems to be frying, flying, and dying. Crime Wave. A fiendish plan to turn citizens into shock absorbers. And only one man is bold enough to try and stop it. Sam wrote it with future filmmakers Joel and Ethan Cohen. Right away, things started going wrong. First, the studio insisted that Bruce Campbell not be the star. And Sam and company were working with unions for the first time, and they didn't schedule or budget the film properly. When they got behind, the studio would start ripping pages out of the script to keep them on schedule, so there was a lot of rewriting and planning done on the fly. Eventually, the film was taken away, re-edited by the studio, and, well, the whole thing was a flop. Bruce Campbell said of making Crime Wave, We didn't have the freedom of the first film because investors aren't going to come on the set. A dentist isn't going to say, Are you sure that camera angle's right? How many pages did you shoot today? They don't care. So they never set foot on the set, but with Crime Wave, they were in our face all the time, and it was a very tough experience. Suddenly, Sam wasn't thought of as a hot young director. So in desperation for a success, they returned to the Evil Dead. But they were rejected by every studio, and it looked like their film career was over. That was until a chance conversation between one of the second ADs on Crime Wave, and Stephen King. King was directing the 1986 film Maximum Overdrive, based on his own short story, Trucks. He was having dinner with this crew member from Crime Wave, and the man told King that Sam was having problems getting Evil Dead 2 off the ground. King quickly got in touch with Dino De Laurentiis, whose company was producing Maximum Overdrive, and suggested that De Laurentiis Entertainment Group finance the film. Unfortunately, Dino didn't give them the money they wanted to make Army of Darkness. So instead, they decided to do a direct sequel to the original, still set in the log cabin. Of course, to do so, they would have to forget about a few things that happened in the first film, like the burning of the book, because doing a direct sequel had never been in the plans originally and they decided to make the film with a slightly different tone. This film would be a comedy horror film with a lot of gags inspired by the Three Stooges. Now, Sam wanted to begin with scenes from the first film, but there was an issue. They couldn't use any of the footage because of copyright deals with the other studio. They didn't have the rights, so instead they thought they would just recreate it. But as they worked on the script to save time and money, they kept simplifying it until it was only Bruce and Linda who traveled to the cabin. That's why there's that huge discrepancy. And let's face it, the film is basically the Bruce Campbell show, so all in all, it was a very smart decision. You bastard. You dirty bastard. I... 
Scott Spiegel, the co-writer of Evil Dead 2, had made a six-minute short called Attack of the Helping Hand, a comedy, a parody of the Hamburger Helper commercials in which a single gloved hand helps a mother in the kitchen. In this film, the hand tries to strangle the woman in the kitchen. Both Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell helped with the film, and this inspired them to write Ash battling his own severed hand. Now, Bruce Campbell. How could you not like Bruce Campbell? Howard Berger, who did special makeup effects on the film, said, I think Bruce Campbell's a great guy. You know, he's a really fantastic actor. He totally delivers every time. And he's just a real good person. Very generous, sweet, and really, really, really funny. So for this film, they were able to hire better actors. And rather than filming in an actual log cabin, used real sets. The cabin interior sets were constructed at the J.R. Faison's Junior High School in Wadsboro, North Carolina. And in the woods, the shell of the cabin was constructed for the exterior shots. It was on the same property that Steven Spielberg shot The Color Purple. And they hired a real film crew with a proper special effects company, the KNB EFX Group, which included Mark Strostrom, a man who did special effects for the Nightmare on Elm Street films, as well as many others. Sam said, It was wonderful. I was captain of a ship that now had trained professionals running the engine room and steering decks, as opposed to me trying to bail out the water from my rowboat just to make sure I stayed afloat. The result was a film that was paced better, scarier, and definitely funnier than the original. At least, that's what I thought. And it was in profit before the cameras started to roll. The sale to the foreign market already earned the film more money than its budget. So the film begins with a quick explanation of the Book of the Dead, with some cool animation, and then the titles. Legend has it that it was written by the Dark Ones. Necronomicon Ex Mortis. Roughly translated, Book of the Dead. Now, sure, the animation would probably look better today, but remember, they didn't have the technology like computer graphics that we have today. Anyway, for the next six minutes, the events of the original Evil Dead are recreated, but with only Ash and Linda, with Denise Bixler taking over the role as Linda. I feel funny about being here. What if the people who own this place come home? They're not going to come back. And then we go to the Bruce Campbell show for about 30 minutes. Other than some quick shots of Annie Nolby, her boyfriend, a tow truck driver, and his girlfriend, who are traveling to the cabin, it's all Bruce. He fights with the decapitated head and, and then headless body of Linda. He battles his own hand, including an incredible kitchen scene, before he feels that he has no choice but to saw it off with a chainsaw. <laughs> hand, however, doesn't die and begins <laughs> mocking him, more or less. And the battle continues. This is the film where Bruce Campbell became the Bruce Campbell that we all know and love today. 
And then, more than a half hour into the film, the other four arrive at the cabin. Sarah Barry plays Annie Nolby. Her boyfriend, Professor Ed Gentley, is played by Richard Donmeyer. Dan Hicks as the tow truck driver, Jake. And Cassie Wesley as Bobby Joe. What the hell did you do to them? What the hell did you do? They assume, after seeing the bloody chainsaw, that Ash killed the professor and his wife Henrietta, the parents of Annie. They lock Ash into the cellar, but unknown to them, there is the corpse of Henrietta, who is now a deadite. I hope you rot down there. Once in my fruit cellar. The grotesque Henrietta is played wonderfully by Sam's brother, Ted Raimi. In almost everything Sam Raimi does, if he needs somebody to be goofy, he picks his brother, Ted. Now you see, Professor Noby has discovered the Book of the Dead, which may be a doorway to another world, and well, all kinds of weird stuff happens. Yeah, there isn't really much of a plot here, and a lot of it doesn't make any sense. Like, why does Ash become a deadite, but then isn't a deadite? Why doesn't that happen to anybody else? Damn it! I said I was all right! Are you listening to me? Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm all right! There are things that don't make a lot of sense, but it's all a lot of fun. At least I thought so, but I could be wrong. The basic idea is Sarah needs to read some pages of the Book of the Dead to reverse all this nonsense that is happening. Can she do it in time? Why the hell would we want to do that? Recitation of the second passage creates a kind of rift in time and space. And the physical manifestation of this dark spirit can be forced back into the rift. At least that's the best translation that I can... What this film really does, it allows Sam Raimi to indulge every kind of strange effect and bizarre camera work he can think of. Stuff that continued up until the Spider-Man trilogy and probably continues today. The film, in my opinion, is really a marvel to watch. Hail he who has come from the skies to deliver us from the terrors of the deadites! Okay, for my favorite scene, well, there are so many. There's Ash fighting with himself in the kitchen, Henrietta, of course, and I love the scene in which the POV shot of whatever this evil thing is chases Ash through the cabin and then sort of gives up and backs off. The visuals are brilliant. The laughing room is weird but amusing in a sort of what-does-this-have-to-do-with-anything sort of way, but to see Bruce go insane, it's 100% worth it.
Oh, and then there's Linda's headless body doing the ballet. And then moments later, her headless torso attacks Ash with a chainsaw. Of course, there's the eyeball shot, but I don't want to spoil that for anyone who hasn't seen the movie. And I get it. For all those who say there's not much of a plot here, I know, I get what you're saying, but I still really appreciate this film. And it's about time we find out if other people appreciate this film. So for that, we'll turn to the user reviews on IMDb. GM Hutchins 79 gave it the full 10 stars and wrote... An electrifying roller coaster ride of a movie. This film is, without a shadow of a doubt, one of the finest, most imaginative comedy horror films ever made. Raimi has put all the aspects of this film together in a masterful fashion. The camera work and sound effects are pulsating, and the timing is perfection. And in Bruce Campbell, the film has a lead actor who gives an exceptional performance. Campbell plays Ash an everyday supermarket attendant who suddenly finds himself thrown into an unusual situation of having to defend himself against zombies, evil spirits, and even his own possessed hand just in order to survive the night. I laughed, I gasped, and I gripped the arm of the chair throughout. If you like your comedies, black and hilarious, and your horror gory and sensational, then look no further. Raimi has created the definitive comedy horror. Fantastic. You know, one of the problems with reading user reviews is I read them how they were written. So if something here doesn't make much sense, don't blame me. And for some reason, Mr. GM Hutchins used a lot of commas where they don't belong, which was really weird. Kinetic Soul 7 gave it eight stars, and he or she had this to say Groovy. This one actually surpasses the original in just about every way. Out of the Evil Dead trilogy, most people refer to Evil Dead 2 for a reason. 2 is basically what makes this trilogy stand out. This is the film that made Ash an iconic figure in the horror genre, and probably made the chainsaw an iconic horror weapon. It's more crazy and humorous than before, and has way more supernatural elements going on. In fact, this time, the whole cabin looks like it's been possessed. Bruce Campbell again plays Ash, but now he feels like a trademark character in these genre. His facial expressions and crazy laughs are a classic. Everything is just more humorous this time around, in a good way. It has many innovative elements, which adds on to the originality from the first. This is a classic for a reason and shouldn't be missed out on, especially if you're into the horror genre. Bylon 27 B-I-L-A-H-N-27, wrote, Not as good as I remembered it. And he only gave it six stars. He or she went on to say, I remember thinking Evil Dead 2 was amazing back in the 80s when I saw it, but now I rewatched it. Now it seems overshadowed by the later Army of Darkness, which is very similar in plot and intent, but is considerably more substantial, funny, and clever, I think. If you have seen Army of Darkness, I think you might find Evil Dead 2 redundant. Both are basically satires of horror and not the least bit frightening. 
Bruce Campbell is an excellent physical comic actor, but he goes way beyond Evil Dead in Army of Darkness. Now I'm interested in seeing the original Evil Dead, which I understand is more of a straight horror movie. Wolfson071410 thought three stars was plenty and wrote, Really bad. Way different from the first, so funny, so ridiculous. Terrible. It makes no sense whatsoever how Ash returned to the cabin after his horrifying prior experience. So stupid. The book was back after it was thrown into the fire. This makes no sense. None of anything in the story does. The ending is the most laughable thing you'll ever watch. I hope the director who now directed Spider-Man 1 through 3 knows this is not to be taken seriously. Not scary. Not really any gore. Terrible acting. I should spare you with the miserable plot, but it should be stated, Ash takes his girlfriend to the cabin, and I don't know how he returned from the ending of part one, and terrifying things occur while the Book of the Dead researchers come to investigate while horrific things occur. Themes and images are strongly suggested not to be viewed by young kids. Go rent the first one. It's okay. Add way better. It is actually somewhat scary. Only watch it for laugh, Evil Dead 2. I'm sorry about that. That was a tough read, but I read it just how it was written, and it's, uh, wow. And I have to say here, on the commentary for Evil Dead 2, Bruce Campbell mentions how people assume he's returning to the cabin with another girl. That's part of the confusion. No, Wolfson 071410. He's just recapping the first movie, just simplified a bit. I cannot believe this. Irman Green 21 wrote, after he only gave it one star, This film is terrible. It breaks the rules of zombie movies. For a start, zombies bite person, person turns into zombie. It's the whole body that turns into a zombie, not just a tiny part. Another rule that is broken, once a man is a zombie, he can't turn back into a human. But in Evil Dead 2, he can! It's unlikely you'd go back to the same house where your friends and girlfriend died. Would anybody be that stupid? No! Was there anything as fake as the possessed Harrietta's mother in the basement? No! And the only thing that comes to being that fake is the monster at the end of Children of the Corn 3. Did Evil Dead really need a sequel? If it did, it needed one better than this. Zero out of ten. Zombie rules. There are no zombie rules. Which film follows the zombie rules? Night of the Living Dead, World War Z, 28 Days Later? They all play with the genre. And you know what? Here's some shocking news for you. There are no zombies, so there are no rules. Each writer can do with it as they please, and besides, they're deadites, they're not zombies. They're people possessed by an evil force. And obviously they want to mess with humans as much as possible, I guess. Anyway, I'm going to read one more review because I found this one really bizarre. Plastic Actor 17 had this to say. They like it. Blood, that is. I often wonder why the producers, directors, and financiers of this filth don't go out tomorrow and book jobs at the local abattoir. They could cut real flesh, but then that's real work. I stopped watching this rubbish years ago, but since the COVID-1984 lockdown, I bought a TV after 20 years and have the horror channel. Sure, they are sensitive to the criticism. It's why they run retro TV from the 1960s. 
I'm grateful but unforgiving because kids can see the blood. You are the ones that must answer to a higher power when the time comes. Even drinking adenochrome, a life is still short. Only one thing can save you and you'll never find it. If you must watch this rubbish, do it on mute unless you like non-stop blood-curdling screams. Oh, all in good fun. Real life is never like that. Do I feel sorry for this actor? Just think, you could have been Orlando Bloom. Wow, that one's all over the map. And I don't even know where to start. Do you think Bruce Campbell would like to be Orlando Bloom? I don't know. But one thing I found common in all the reviews I read is the comparison to the first Evil Dead. And I get that. I mean, it is confusing. I almost treat Evil Dead 2 as a separate thing from Evil Dead 1. That's just me. As for the music, it was created by Joseph DeLuca, an accomplished jazz guitarist in Detroit, Michigan, who was a friend of Raimi and Robert Tabert. He did the first Evil Dead film and a lot of Raimi's other work, including the TV shows Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, and Xena, The Warrior Princess. He also did films like Boogeyman, My Name is Bruce, and Curse of Chucky. I have to say, in this film, I think the music really works. I'm not sure if he had something to do with this kind of thing. But that worked as well. Now look, if you're sitting back with a cold IPA in your hand and, and you think I could use a little bit of blood and gore combined with some silliness, this might be for you. If you're looking for a deep plot with a lot of meaning, well, it's not going to work. Or if you're in the mood for a straightforward horror film, you might be disappointed. For me, this is mindless entertainment that once in a while I'm in the mood for. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. Lord, listen to me! to me. Careful now. You're about to get my dander up. Cable Hogue says, ask and ye shall receive. Cable Hogue says, seek and ye shall find. Cable Hogue says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. <laughs> Cable Hogue, a rugged breed, the pioneer. A little bit before I go, I really didn't talk about Army of Darkness. That's the third film in the trilogy. And in my opinion, it's a wonderful film. I mean, if you love Bruce Campbell, you'll love Army of Darkness. It's a film in which Ash travels back to the Middle Ages to fight Deadites. And you know, Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness go together as a film and its sequel, since they share, you know, the same sense of humor and whatnot. The first Evil Dead film, well, that's sort of its own thing, so I personally don't look at the three films as a trilogy, but hey, that's just me. But you know, if you've got any thoughts on the Evil Dead, Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, or anything else connected with today's show, you can email me at daysofcelluloid at gmail.com, daysofcelluloid all being one word. Now that I think about it, you can email me for any reason, even if it's just to say hi. You can use our Facebook page. It's called Celluloid Days. And we have a Twitter page. Or is it 
X page now. I don't know. It's at celluloid underscore days. Next week, we're going to go into the world of Sam Peckinpah with his 1970 film, The Ballad of Cable Hogue. It's a film I've never seen before, and I'll give it a try and do my best to give you an honest opinion. And besides, it'll give me a chance to talk about Peckinpah. Now, before I leave, I have one more request. If you could leave me a review, hopefully a good one, at wherever you stream this podcast, I'd be forever grateful. Hey, thanks for listening. Take care, and I'll be back next Wednesday. Bye. They're under the goddamn ground. Tell them about the Twinkie. What about the Twinkie? They have 500 years of democracy and peace. And what did that produce? The cuckoo clock. Dallas multipass. You're stupid minds. Stupid. Stupid. I don't know whether I even want to go out with Jeff again. The High Court may well sentence you to torture. Can you play the piano? I can. And sing at the same time.